when I'm dead. Just throw me in the trash! <laughs> Welcome to Mike's Camera Action's Spooktober. I'm your host, Carl, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Alex. Hello! And this week we're talking about the psychedelic metal murder fest that is Mandy. Psychedelic mer- metal murder fest is the perfect like description of uh, Mandy. I... I put a lot of work into that one, actually, so thank you for giving me the credit I deserve. Yeah, like, I can't think of... There's no other ways I can describe Mandy as aside from... It's psychedelic, for sure. The music is fantastic, but it's got that real heavy, heavy metal influence. Oh, yeah. Um, and metal then, as fuck would be a good way to describe this. Metal as fuck is... Yeah. Appropriate. Everything about it is metal from uh, the music to Nicolas Cage's axe. Yes, which um, I'll, I'll talk about the axe... Yeah. It's actually um the it, it's actually based on the logo for the metal band Celtic Frost. Oh really? Yeah. So it's actually super fucking cool. <laughs> I never Wow, someone uh got paid a bunch of money. <laughs> well the I I would assume so. There's a lot of like prog rock influence in this movie for sure. Oh yeah. There was prog rock. There was the weird bit of like there's all that anti sort of um there's all the anti Christian vibe in it. This movie has, like, some interesting points on Christianity, or not just, like, Christianity, Christianity, religion. I think there's a point about uh, pornography in there. Um, Oh, probably somewhere. But before we go on, Alex, do you think we should just, like, stop this podcast for about an hour and 15 minutes, then start up for good? Yeah, sure. (laughs) All right. Yeah, so this movie, counting it out, it was an hour and 15 minutes before the opening title happens. Yeah. But the remaining 40 minutes were totally worth it. Oh, well, no, the opening title didn't happen until... Yeah, it was an hour and 15 minutes in. It was after after he um, for, after he makes the Celtic Frost battle axe. Yeah. That's when the opening title pops up, is right after he holds it up. Oh, yeah, that's when Mandy pops up, indeed, yeah. Yep, that's when it finally goes Mandy and pops up the yeah, opening title. Yeah, but, like, wasn't that, like, part three sort of thing? Because they'd introduced, like, part one yeah, part it's, two. Yeah, it's, like, three... They, they differentiate the axe, like, very... Yeah, like the first one. What what was the first one called? I don't remember. It was like Shadow Hills or something. It was like yeah, the location. it was the location. Second one was when they introduced the Jesus freaks, and it was Children of the New Dawn. Yeah, and then the third, and then the third part was just Mandy, and it's got such a cool logo. Yeah, like, it's got, once the, again, it's got a metal rock, logo. Like, yeah, it's like the sort of veins, like roots appearance on the logo, which is cool as hell. Yeah, which appears in see it, it appears in the trailer, which really got me because like watching the trailer mm. compared to watching the actual film. Yeah. It's two different things. Oh, uh, I, it should be. Yeah, I know, but like, it's even like thematically, like in 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 the trailer, you get like this idea of like this fast-paced, yeah, metal-themed sort of mm. adventure. You don't get that for the first half of the film. No, the f- the first hour of this movie is pretty much like setting up the yeah. characters and setting up the location. It's pretty much it, that's exactly it. It's all set up where it's trying to get you to empathize with Mandy and Red. It's trying to show you the horrible people that are the children of the new dawn. And then from there, it's just off to the races. Once they burn Mandy to death in front of Red, it's like, all right, I'm right there with them. I'm cool with this. Let's yeah, do this. Yeah, it's like, all right, let's do cool. And then he goes, gets his crossbow. Oh, so good. One of my favorite parts of like these revenge movies is right when like your protagonist snaps and hits that all right let's go let's go murder the i'm gonna go murder some people it's that setup of like all right here's them getting their guns here's them doing all this stuff ready to go murdering that's one of my favorite parts of any oh what like the montage yeah the yeah the montage is part of my favorite of of, uh revenge movies which i've seen a lot 
So you quite enjoyed the the whole axe forging. Uh... Oh hell, dude! Forging that fucking axe is one of the coolest things I've seen in in months. It was cool as hell. Yeah, that axe was cool as hell. It too. was metal as fuck, and literally metal. Yeah, all, all single like, cons. It was like cons- one single piece of metal that yep. it was just holding. He just forges like it was. It's such a cool thing. It's just his wife gets murdered, so then he goes in, gets a crossbow from this guy. Like goes and gets his old it's, crossbow. Yeah. It's his. Gets some uh, like broadhead arrows where the guy describes him as being able to tear through bone like a fat kid through cake. Yeah, <laughs> and then makes this do- makes this awesome like metal like prog rock logo battle axe. And then after that, I'm sold. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I felt like it really fit considering half the time Mandy's wearing like an anthrax t-shirt. Yeah, and I was like, all right, that's the thing that definitely set aside her and Jeremiah. Yeah. When you have like them where he's like trying to seduce her basically and he's sitting there playing like his shitty like folk oh, like yeah. music about him. Yeah. And it's just like no one in the room looked at Mandy and said and then looked at him and went, She's wearing a motley crew t shirt. Read the fucking room. <laughs> like, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. I think yeah, it was super weird because the thing is is that like the trailer like I'm gonna compare this to the trailer because sure. like, I felt not misled, but like it was. I feel like it was a vastly different experience. Yeah, because the trailer like sets it up to be semi supernatural. Yeah, in a way it is. In in a way, but they sort of ground everything. That's my thing. Is like yeah, the, as supernatural as it gets is when Mandy's like, "Oh, the Reaper is coming for you." Yeah, and then the Reaper turns out just to be Red on a <laughs> rampage with his axe. Yes, and then his bare hands. Um, oh, <laughs> you gotta talk about that. But go on. Yeah, so um, like I sort of got that, but like all like all the like the bikers seemed yeah. supernatural because of all the leather and stuff, and like you see flashes of them, but they're bikies. There's almost like there's there there is almost once we get to those bikers though, there is almost a sort of supernatural, even like Lovecraftian element. Yeah, where these guys are like it's like they've seen the color out of space. Yeah. Where they took they set for these bikers, so we so we meet these bikers where this cultist blows a horn, and then these bikers show up on ATVs and motorbikes, and they're like nightmarish hell creatures. Yeah. they're covered in like metal. Like we can't see them properly in this scene. We we never see them properly. No, they never they're get very shadowed. Faces. But these silhouettes, they're like metal plated. One of them's got rivets jammed into every inch of him. Yeah, they like cough. They've got like these weird coughing, spluttering voices. One of them like that talks oozes liquid out of his face constantly. Yeah. So they're definitely like non-human entities in yeah. a way. And the setup we're told for them is they were given some bad LSD. Yeah, they were given like really bad LSD. They, they were given like, like super bad LSD that that since then has turned them into like pain loving monsters. Yeah, you're right. Like, I'm, what I meant is that like there there's some sort of grounding to them. It's not yeah. just high su- fantasy. Yeah. It's sort of like trying to ground it. Like you're right. They do become like almost Lovecraftian. Like the, like their humanity has been stripped from them. Yeah. But originally they were human. Yeah, and they do still involve indulge in human vices. Yeah, but depending on how you like, depending on how you look at, it, you could almost say it's like a. Depending on how you're seeing it later on, like with, and I think the the chemist kind of sets up some of this, where there is like an element of seeing beyond. Yeah, like the LSD, like taking this LSD has let them see what like see into the void or see what's beyond yeah. mortal perception they're sort of transcended yeah but and it's... red kind of does the same at one point where oh. he's got a line right towards the end with jeremiah where he talks about how the um 
I think this it, I can't remember the exact wording, but it was like the psych, it was like the psycho um drowns in the same water that the mystic swims in. Yeah. And me I'm swimming. And yeah, they also convey that a bit with all the animation. Yeah. And like because there's Mandy that's reading this book and occasionally you read passages and then like Red does a bunch of drugs and then like sort of the same passage yeah. sort of thing. Like like it sort of reflects that maybe Red is the warlock from the tale or mm. like sort of like contrasting that yeah well i think mandy's the warlock because mandy's the one that they show taking the green green stone out of the yeah beast yeah which which i think echoes some metal band i think i can't remember probably yeah it, probably but this film is just metal as fuck yeah super fucking metal it's like a slanet it how, how'd i write how'd i write this down i think i wrote this like on the way out of the theater this movie is a slanesh murder orgy wet dream yeah. It's like it's every kind, it's every kind of vice you could have like crammed into this movie at some oh, yeah. point. There's um, so there is a scene in this movie where there is one of these LSD jacked up bikers sitting on a couch, just taking t- taking in facefuls of cocaine, like slapping his face into a mountain of cocaine on this uh, coffee table. Meanwhile, watching porn. Yeah. Like there's just this 80s porn on the TV in front of him just just going ahead and he's got the volume cranked up and he's just watching that going <sighs> just the yeah. end for however long and then in that same scene Red comes up sneaks behind him gets into a fight with this guy then slits his throat with a box cutter. Yeah. And we get and Nicolas Cage probably swallows about 12 pints of blood in 12 seconds yeah. where it's just a really long take of just this guy like Leaning over the top of Nicolas Cage, blood spilling into Nicolas Cage's mouth, and he's just laughing it up. And that shot lingers for so long, yeah, and, then, and it just keeps going. Then he gets up and like kills another dude, and yep. as he's getting up, there's like picks up a piece of glass and has cocaine and just snorts. He, he it takes off. a massive rip of cocaine right there, and I, and that was the moment where I'm like, "Fuck yes, I will, I will take this. Mo- I will see just, this movie all the way to the, the end." The cinema just started laughing a little. Yeah, right, in that moment, people were like la- it was like half laughing, half cheering, where everyone's like super into that moment. I was yeah. like, "Fuck yes, I am so in." And then he um, and then after he snorts all the coke, he goes on, and then he finds the LSD. Yeah, bad like LSD bat. <laughs> he dips his finger in this LSD, like in this mason jar, puts it up to his tongue, and then his face melts. Yeah, like he, <laughs> trans- he transcends. Yeah, that's exactly it. He like full. It, it's. Picture like the nightmarish version of the Doctor Strange, like being thrown through the dimensions by the Great Old One. Yeah. It's like that, except he takes some bad LSD and trips fucking balls for two minutes. <laughs> like, yeah, like, once that happened, I was like, "How much of this movie's actually happening now? <laughs> like, is know. the rest of are we going to reach the end where he gets his revenge and then it cuts back to him just ODing on the floor of this biker hideout? <laughs> <laughs> like, he's just sitting there going, <laughs> "Oh man, yeah, like the whole." Like, I really did like the setup. Like, I felt yeah. like it made everything more emotionally. It, it, it's a super simplistic plot. Yeah. Like, incredibly simple. It's just a bunch of Jesus freak cultists murder his wife in front of him, and he goes out and murders all of them back. Yeah. It's so simplistic. It's simplistic, yeah. But the way it's delivered is amazing. Yeah, Nicolas Cage. Like, I think oh. it's one of the best roles I've seen him do. It, Unbe- unbelievably so. I thought it was going to be like just yeah, going in there and seeing him phone it in, like ah, eh, it's some like B movie, but it is not. 
This is one of the best. Perf- like this is Nicolas Cage we're talking about, who's known for being like a little bit weird, but also has some great roles in the past. Yeah. And this one is incredible. Yeah, I feel like this really suited him because, like, just yeah, the, just like the acid trip where he's like wild and it's like it's energetic and it's like perfect. He like brings it. I think some of the best acting I've seen in a long time was definitely after Mandy's been burned to death and he's yeah. sitting there and it's the scene in the bathroom yeah. when he's got that bottle of uh, of liquor, like he's got that bottle of vodka with him like that he's picked out from under the sink. Yeah. And it's just this like one take of him finally coming to turn, like yeah. come, finally processing like, oh, right, they burned my wife to death. Yeah. And it's him like dealing with the fact that he's super injured, his hands and he's been stabbed, his hands and face have been cut to hell. Yeah. And he's just lost his wife. And it's just this amazing moment where he's just screaming, drinking, screaming some more, ugly crying. It's brilliant. Yeah. But like, see, this is the bit that gets me the most about that film. Like stuff like that is interspersed with stuff like the cheese goblin. Yeah. Well, the Cheese Goblin, I feel like, is the turning point of this movie. Yeah, it is. That's the weirdest <laughs> bit. Is that, like, they cut to the Cheese Goblin? The, the, the Cheddar Goblin. Cheddar the Cheddar Goblin. goblin. Yeah. And it's like, you're watching this basically ad where this it, goblin is buffing mac and cheese and kids. So the, so the Cheddar Goblin, we were talking about this last week, where we're just like, we're going down the IMDb credits, and we're like, there's a character called the Cheddar Goblin. What the fuck is this movie? The Cheddar Goblin's an ad on TV. Like, Red's, like Red com- like finally pulls himself free from this barbed wire that he's been bound with in his own yard, um, where, he's, like, where his wife's just been murdered. He finally crawls his way inside, and on the TV is an ad for, mac and- for a children's mac and cheese product where a goblin is puking ma- like piles of mac and cheese onto children. And it's just like... It's this incredible moment of just the universe doesn't give a fuck about you, Red. Like your grief is nothing to the world. It's gonna move on without you, and it's so yes. de- and so crushing, like to see him have to go, like him having the worst day, and that's what's on TV. But at the same time, it's like this moment of like, how the fuck am I supposed to take this as an audience member? Yeah, it's like- <laughs> I'm feeling like an Im- Im- immense amount of grief, and yet I want to laugh. And that's like, that's kind of the through line for the rest of the movie, where it's like, there's terrible things happening, but I can't help but smile. Yeah. Although, to be fair, the dude that made the um, Cheddar Goblin ad was the guy that made uh, Too Many Cooks. Yeah. You I, told me that, and I was like, what? Yeah, I, I found that, and I was like, Alex, you need to know, the guy who did Too Many Cooks for Adult Swim, same guy who did the Cheddar Goblin. Which explains it, <laughs> which makes the same perfect level sense. insanity. Yeah, it makes perfect sense when you get when you hear that. It's like, oh yeah, no, I can too see that now. Cooks. Too, too many, many cooks. cooks. <laughs> we better stop so we're still in fair use. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Don't want to get sued. Uh, but, but yeah, so yeah, so the Cheddar Goblin like really was like jarring almost. And you can buy the uh, Cheddar Goblin mac yeah. and cheese. It wasn't that so much that it threw up against. It threw up a lot. It throws up a lot. It, like, it, it's, it's it like, just keeps coming. It's like you, you've come home at 2 a.m., you're drunk. You got given a kebab. The kebab is dodgy. <laughs> and so you just empty your guts <laughs> in your front yard. <laughs> but like that. Is this coming from personal anecdotes? No, nah, don't do it in the front yard, mate. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, it's like your stomach just has to empty all of its contents. <laughs> just void, purge. Yeah, but and it's, mac-, the, but it's, but mac, it's and mac and cheese onto kids. <laughs> onto children. <laughs> That's the <laughs> 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 yeah 
So that that's the brilliant fucking. It's just meant to be like an allegory of the corruption of youth or something. But I don't know. Chasing a goblin. Or... I I don't know how that's related to the pornography line, <laughs> but it's there. <laughs> So on the topic of the point, so I'll just throw this out there. So super early on, like this is something I keyed into really early. Yeah. We're on the radio when Red's driving home. There's a line where it's it's something like 90% of Americans aren't accepting or okay with pornography. Yeah. So it's something like that. And this movie's set in the 80s, so that might be the case. I don't know. Yeah. Um. So I feel like after that, I was like, okay, so pornography's got to be a running theme in this. And I feel like this movie is kind of like, in a way, just pornographic. Yeah. Sort of. Like, it's very excessive in every level. Yeah. And it gives you all, like, it gives you so much. Excessive drug use, excessive drinking. There's a moment where a Jesus freak cultist tries to wank off. <laughs> oh, and then he just starts laughing yeah. at him. And it's an, is that the bits where their face merges? It's just after, yeah. Yeah, like, the, there's like the, Mandy's like got given like got drugs, so she's like off her face. Yeah, she she's been like drugged to fuck, stung with what I think to be a tarantula hawk, which is a horrible pest yeah. of a fucking beast. Um, and yeah, she's tripping balls, and that scene is trippy as fuck. Where the lighting, there's the lighting, the color grading, yeah, the smoke coming through the room, yeah, and then they st- and then they have this whole really long sequence where it's just Jeremiah sitting down in front of Mandy and talking directly to her about. You know, his life and God and him and you and me, we're, we're, we're two special people, you know? And then his face starts to blur and melt into Mandy's face and then her face blends and melds into him and it does that back and forward and back and forward and back and forward yeah, for so long. It's just insanity. Like, it all just blurs together. They become, yeah. like, the one person. Yeah. And then he tries to wank off and it's the weirdest <laughs> thing. <laughs> I think he just because he can't get it up, and so like Mandy's just he's just there. a disappointment in every way. Like we were saying, like with the Motley Crue thing and his shitty ass fucking folk music. Yeah, Mandy just starts laughing at him, and he just loses for, his for shit. good reason. But that's I gotta say, like that scene is also really trippy. Where they've got like a weird blur fade tool going on. Yeah, where when there's motion, it like yeah. doubles up. Yeah, so it's you, wild. You, yeah, so I genuinely like would have trouble going like, hang on, where's Jeremiah in the room? Because there's him, and also there's him, but now he's moved back, and it's like there's that weird like intersp- like interpolating so, of the frames. It was so good. It was really good. I gotta say, this movie is beautiful. If oh, nothing yeah. else, see it for visuals and sound alone. I mean, that's set in the eighties, and it does the grain. Yep, it's not like that picture perfect digital footage. No. It has that good old film grain to it. And I also got to say the score is by Johan Johansson. Yeah. Who, once again, uh, well, not once again, but unfortunately Johan Johansson's no longer with us, died in February. And I oh. think this is his last, yeah, I think this is actually the last thing um, that he would have finished um, before passing. Which, if you don't know Johan Johansson, if you've ever seen a movie by, um, God, I love him, but I'm going to butcher his name. I think Denise Villeneuve, um, who was the one who directed Blade Runner 2049, I think it was, the Blade Runner sequel. He did Arrival. He did Sicario. Um, he's going to be directing Dune. But watching this movie, about halfway through, I actually got really sad because I realized we wouldn't get Johan Johansson doing a Dune soundtrack. Oh, what? Yeah. I love Dune. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. No. He's done a but lot. He, he's he did done the some, theory of everything. Yep. Yeah. Like he. He's done some br- like just listen to his stuff. He's he's done some brilliant soundtracks, and this is no exception. Yeah. This was like an amazing soundtrack. Yeah. It was beautiful. The music was incredible. 
I mean, I remember I went in and the like the opening sequence I found pretentious. Yeah. Like the whole like bury with my headphones, place place speakers at my feet. For... That's a quote from. I remember having heard or seen that before. Yeah, I, I just, can't remember. I where. still find it pretentious. Yeah. Okay. It's like I'm 14 and this is deep. <laughs> um, but like you cut from that into like this heavy metal bass, like almost thrash, and it's mm. brilliant. I loved the score to this. Yep. Every part about it was just like on the nose, perfect. Mm. Maintain that like metal element. Yeah, it was just brilliant. Mm. That reminds me of something. Yeah. So speaking of all the metal, I yeah. just realized that the church that they go into mm. is like a Scandinavian church. It's got yeah. like the high it's got like the high roof, very plain, all mm. timber. Yep. It just remind it's like similar to churches that you find in some parts of Scandinavia. Okay. Yeah. I, I didn't know that one. Yeah, it's mm. I've I remember looking at pictures and being like, oh, neat. Did you think, so in the final scene when he's burned down the church, Yeah. did it look a bit like they like just the way the camera angle was being used and so the blur on the camera, did it look like they were trying to make it look like the cross was upside down in that sequence Yeah, to you? maybe a little. I, f- I felt like that was something they were trying to go with. I, should also, I also want to say, like, the way J- like he finally gets his revenge, I did not expect. Oh, what? To- just grabbing Jeremiah's head in his hands giving that monologue and then just crushing his head and his bare hands like that, just popping an eyeball out and breaking his skull. That yeah, was see, just, like, that was horrifying. I was just like, holy fuck, he did it. <laughs> he just, I, remember, I, I remember we left and I was like, this film is like R-rated. And you were like, no. No, nah, MA, right in the poster. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And I, I looked at my ticket, our tickets. I was like, what the hell? Yeah. So Alex, I want to ask you, I want to play a little game with you. So what do Mandy, Phantasm 2, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, Hotel Hell, and Tiger on a Beat have in common? I'm sorry? What do those movies have in common? All the films. Tiger on a Beat, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2? Yep. Hotel Hell, Phantasm 2, and Mandy. Uh, The only one of them I've seen is Mandy. (laughs) Uh, Do they have a chainsaw duel? That is exactly it, Alex. Yes. Ding, 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 ding. He's won. All of those movies, I looked up, as, I tried to find as many as I could with an actual chainsaw duel in them. Those are movies that have chainsaw and chainsaw fights. Dope. Which, by the way, I am now going to have to show you Tiger on a Beat because I, look, I was looking it up and Tiger on a Beat has probably my favorite chainsaw duel, including Mandy. Oh, wow. It's actually like, it's, it's like picture of proper like Kung Fu like I think I think it's made I think it was made in '88, but it has like proper picture of pro- proper kung fu duel. But both of the fighters have chainsaws and are swinging them around, and they're actually being used like chainsaws, where they're cutting through floors to get to each other. Oh, they're soaring through what? like cor- yeah. <coughs> I I actually got I gotta find this again for you because I was looking it up and I was like hell yes. That's insane. But there is a amazing chainsaw duel in this movie. Yeah, where Nicolas Cage is sneaking up on this dude at a logging park. And he puts down the Celtic Frost Axe and grabs a chainsaw. And the entire time I'm like, dude, you should probably start that chainsaw before you go and murder this dude. Because he's walking out there and he's revving the chainsaw constantly, trying to get to start. And as he does, this guy, like, who's pretty jacked, grabs a chainsaw that's about twice the length of Nick Cage's one and just starts it up in one pull. Yeah, I think that was the most ins- one of the most insane things is just the chainsaw and chainsaw duel and how that Ooh. guy died. He just yeah. got pushed onto a chainsaw and it just like shredded him. <laughs> just yeah, got the got this like fell onto a saw blade. It was dope. Yeah, it was it was just like blood was everywhere. I I gotta say I love a good chainsaw fight. There aren't many in movies as I found out. Um, but the few I've seen, I, I 
super cool. And I love the idea of a chainsaw fight as well, just because how crazy that is. There's a few in games, like I know those in Resident Evil 7, but man, seeing it in, seeing it in this was fun because it's just like, hell yes, high budget, like, you know, not high budget, but like decent like tr like movie with Nicolas Cage having a fight with another dude in a logging park with fucking chainsaw and chainsaw, hell yes. The Love only, them. The so only person like out of those Jesus freaks that uh, Nick Cage didn't kill was the girl. Yeah. Part of me was kind of hoping you would. Yeah. Like I was just like, are we going to like break what you expect to happen and he's just going to axe her in half? Like, Yeah, like I sort of expected it to happen, but I'm also at the same time like, why her? In all fairness, she seemed the more innocent of all of them. Yeah. She didn't like the only, sure enough, she was like, had that element of blind devotion to Jeremiah where she was willing to play, like put a gun up to her head and pull the trigger for him. Yeah. But she didn't take, like when he's, when he, when they were burning Mandy... She was like the one person there who didn't take part and wasn't smiling like a lunatic. Yeah. So I can get that much. Still, I would have axed her. Yeah. <laughs> she wasn't running. Just <laughs> go for it, man. Like everyone else got like axed to the head. Dude, there's a great moment where a guy's waxing his car. Yeah. And it's just like this long shot of him sitting there waxing his car, waxing his car. He bends down and then it just cuts to the axe flying through the air. <laughs> And I was like, yeah. I was waiting for like the moment where Nicolas Cage would sneak out of like the short end of the frame and just cut him in half or something. But then it just cuts to the axe circling through the air, then cut to him getting it buried in his skull. Such a brilliant. I think my favorite bit was when um they're having like Jeremiah's in the in the pit and he's just mm -hmm. having this like really religious moment, spiritual. Yep. And you just see the head roll in. Yes. So he just rolls the head in just and toss. Like, Toss and they were the like, egg. Ooh, what? <laughs> like, oh no. Oh, this is the part where he murders me, isn't it? Yeah, this is the part where it all ends. <laughs> bye bye, weird Jesus freaks. I'll suck your dick, man. I'll do it. Oh yeah, that was really weird. It was <laughs> like he's begging for it and he's just like, I'll suck your dick. Like he's he's trying to be like all macho and then he just ends up with I'll suck your dick. <laughs> Just, I gotta give credit to like the acting in this movie, just all around. Oh yeah. Where Jeremiah does a great job of having like the flip flop on emotion in that scene, where he goes from being like terrified, yeah, to then flipping over to like, yes, uh, your this this is all the Lord's doing, so that you could come to me and I can help you revoke your satanic ways. Till then, like being super furious with him, like being no, you're you're a soulless pig. To then, yeah. no man, just don't kill me. I'll do anything. Oh wait, I suddenly remembered. Speaking of soulless pig, and I was yep. expecting there was like Ghost Rider where he got the chain, and I was like, oh yeah, just Ghost Rider again. <laughs> yeah, that was during the Chainsaw Duel. He just chains a guy. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh okay, that's a weird homage to Ghost Rider. <laughs> there, are, there are a few of those. Are um, there? Yeah, there's actually there's actually some references to um. Not Ghost Rider, but uh, Silence of the Lambs as well. Oh yeah, where um, oh god, uh, I'll I'd need to double check this, but it was it was with it was to do with um the scene with Mandy finding the dead deer. Oh yeah, and then the scene following that, like that's similar to the story that um Juliet uh, is it uh, her name her last name's Starling from um from Silence of the Lambs tells yeah. where she finds a dead uh, where she finds a slaughtered lamb. Okay. Um, and then the scene following that, she has a uh, Mandy has her line about um, her dad bringing her a, a pillowcase full of starlings. Yeah. And having all the local kids smash them. Yeah. Where it's yeah, once again, it's similar to a story told in Silence of the Lambs, and then also the name Starlings. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe. Yeah. yeah this film is just like really bizarre. 
I got I got bring back up those bikers and just how fucking insane they are. Oh yeah, because the third one of them is such a fuck. Like these guys are so drugged to hell. Nick Cage fires a crossbow bolt at that third biker. It goes through his neck, and I was like, oh, he's dead. The guy reaches up, pulls the bolt out of his neck, and then turns around and has a whole fight with Nicolas Cage. Yeah, he's just like blood spurting from his yeah. throat. He's just like, oh, I've been I've been skewered. All right, let's go. Yeah, All right, let's do this. And the one this. that we were talking about that was like just snorting their cocaine, it cuts to a shot and there's just a massive spike. Yeah, he's got an uh, he's got like a jagged spike for a penis. Yeah, that's the thing. Like when he gets <laughs> up, he lands on it. Yeah, that that's why he doesn't like take out Nicolas Cage. Is he's like, in, like it's stuck in the floor and he's like impossible to yeah. reach. It's like it's another one of those whole falling on the, his own sword sort of thing. Kinda, except his sword is literally his pen. Yeah. <laughs> what? What? I. Oh God. This. This is like for some reason that reminds me of a band my dad used to be super into. The penis is mightier than the sword. Is that like a joke? Is that like a play on that? I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's an actual. That's an actual band. That your dad was into. Yeah, he was really into punk. <laughs> Back in the eighties. Really, your dad? Yeah, you wouldn't believe it if you looked at him now. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was su- yeah, oh. super into punk. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um but yeah, no. Yeah, that was I don't know, maybe a little, but like it was certainly there was a lot of like anti-vice in this film. Yeah. But at the same time like anti-church as well. I don't know what the message of this film was. Crazy Jesus freaks. Yeah, like those were in season. It was heavily like anti, anti like Christian sort of anti cultist. A, a little bit. Vibe. That's also kind of like what prog rock is a bit about. Yeah, where it's like yeah, like like it's you know against sort of establishment and organize and organized religion that kind of stuff. Like that's the perception of it being the antichrist. But then you had all the vices, which were seen yeah. as not good either. And it's yeah. like, what's what are we going for? Nothing nature? is okay, Alex. Except LSD. Except Mandy, who was like all this like peace and love and nature. <laughs> except she, except she's not, because once again, read the fucking room, super into yeah, fucking metal. metal and prog rock. But like aside from that, like she lived at like they lived out in the woods, like she was like yeah. very sort of eco it like she, she's she's artistic, like yeah. you can see her like first thing we meet her is she's uh she's doing a couple of drawings in the cages. And and her and uh, Red have such a lovely relationship where they're like that's uh, the whole reason there's an hour to set it up is that is we're seeing a lot of their relationship where we've got like just him coming home and just being like encapsulated by her uh, by her art, them just lying in bed talking about their favorite planets. Um <laughs> What was uh, Red's favorite one at oh, one point? He, cha- he was talking about Saturn, and then he changes it to Galactus. Yeah, yeah. The Galactus is the planet. Galactus is in the planet. Well, he eats them. <laughs> he eats planets. Yeah, I was like, oh, really cute. okay, this it, is odd. It was really cute, though. Yeah, oh, yeah, don't get me wrong, it was, but I was just like, I definitely think it's one of those w- films that I I need to see again. Yeah, you want to see it again? I feel like I, I, I just I don't think I need to. I just want to. Because like, I really like this. Yeah, it, it took me a while. I, I will say, like, I I got out of the movie, out of the theater, and I was like, I don't know what entirely what to think of this. And I wrote it down a bunch of my notes for it. And then the next morning, I woke up and I was like, No, I love this movie. It it took me a while to think about, it, but the next morning, I was like, Nah, I I I, I really liked the things I saw in this movie. Don't get me wrong. I don't I don't think I need to see it again in order to enjoy it. I yep. just want to like enjoy it more like i yeah. feel like there was so much that i missed in the first viewing and you can see it more like if you're listening to this episode when it goes out 
Yeah, they're, they're increasing the amount of showings of it at the Cinema, cinema Nova where we yeah, saw in it. in Melbourne. Um, oh, if sure. you're in Melbourne. It, if you're not for, in Melbourne. For, for others, well, look it up. Find a theatre and seriously watch this movie or if just, you can. Or just it's get great. the Blu-ray. That too. There is also, um, I think it's on Amazon Video right now if you want to buy or rent oh, it. Yeah. And it, it's not in Australia, but YouTube Movies also has it. Oh, yeah. So you can get there if you're in uh, the US. If, we, if we've got any listeners in the US. I hope so. Who knows? <laughs> All all our listeners are actually Malaysian. Oh well, <laughs> we're very big. We're very big in Malaysia. <laughs> well, time to do a tour of Malaysia then. <laughs> That'll be our first live show. <laughs> our first live show is just in Malaysia. <laughs> That'd be fun. Yeah, who knows? That would be. <laughs> just book out a room somewhere and be like, "Hey, uh, Mike's camera action, uh, Malaysia." Part of me would like to like. It, it would be great to have you know a really big Australian audience. Because that's where we are, so it'd be easy, easier to find people and like hey meet guys, people. Like, hey, let's do a meetup, that kind of thing. If you guys want to hear us do a live show. Yeah, but the same... Dude, how good would a live show be? But at the same time, it would also be really fun to just like have my Mike's Camera Action business cards, be able to hand them to pe- people who've never heard of me here in Australia and say, I'm really big in Indonesia. Like that kind of thing. Like some... Just be like... Throughout like obscure countries. Like, I'm super huge in Luxembourg this year. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah well, I've always wanted to be popular somewhere else, but not here. <laughs> yeah, I get that. Uh, it's like, oh, I'm really big in uh, Japan at the moment. Yeah. Really taken off. <laughs> Nine, turns out our audience is 90% Japanese. Crazy. Yeah. It turns out our audience is all not here. Yeah. Ninety percent of our audience lives in three different countries. Neither of them, none of them being Australia, none of them being in the same part of the world. Like you've got like like South Africa. All, like all of our audience is in a country you've never heard of. Everyone in Djibouti listens to Mike's camera action. Uh, Djibouti, one of the countries starting with D. If you ever asked that trivia question, yeah, it's Denmark, Djibouti, and Dominican Republic. Ah, yeah. Only one of which I'd be able to just throw out in the spot. And it's Denmark, isn't it? Yep. Everyone goes with Denmark. Yeah. No one ever remembers Djibouti, even though it's got a really unfortunate name. Djibouti. Yeah. Djibouti dubs, motherfucker. Um, but yeah, no, I really think that Mandy is one of those films that, like, I really... I think my experience was definitely enhanced by going to the cinema to see Oh, her. absolutely. Like, if you... Sure, if you can only see this movie by getting on home video, do it. Yeah. But if you get the opportunity to see it in a theatre, like if you can find it in a theatre near you with like a decent, you know, just if you can find a time and a place to see it, do it. Yeah. Because between the score, the sound, the visuals, you should totally see it in a yeah. theatre. And seeing it in a theatre with a whole bunch of people also, I think, made it better. Yeah. Just because of some of those moments where people were laughing and having fun with yeah. it. Because it's not... Well, oh, yeah. Sure enough, we're doing it in Spooktober, but it's not like a... It's not a super spooky movie. No, the, it's, it's the, a thriller. Yeah, there's a lot of like dread in the yeah. early sequence where like there's a lot of those there's a you lot of build up building. in the opening, and once we get to the cultists, it's sort of like downhill from there. Yeah, and I remember this moment right in that scene just before um, the bikers and Jesus freaks uh, home invade Red and Mandy's place, where Red's sitting out smoking in his front uh, like on his front porch. Yeah. And there's just this long shot there where it pans across the um across the yeah. tree line and then to him and there's this huge amount of blank space to his left. Yeah. And it's just him staring off into that. And I was like, something's gonna come out. Something's gonna something's gonna come up and sneak up on him. Yeah. Something's gonna happen. And it just never came. Yeah. And I just remember the immense amount of dread right where I know something's happening. And neither Red nor Mandy are in any position to do anything about it. It was so soul crushing. You mentioned laughing and I just 
I just remembered the um like the end sequence where he's yep. driving the car. Yeah. And like Mandy, like he cuts to Mandy and him and they're sitting next to each other and she's turning around smiling at her. And it's the, the, it's insanity. There's, there's That's a, what's on his face. Well, the brilliant the brilliant part there is it cut it has like this fade in where you've got like pro, what I assume to be the first time Red and Mandy met right at the yeah. end after he's killed Jeremiah and he's driving, and you've and it's got like this cut of in between like them at a club or whatever finally locking eyes, and then it bl- and then it cuts to them like still in that state like these fresh faced Red yeah. and Mandy in the car, and yeah. it cuts to and it cuts from Red to Mandy, cuts from Mandy to Red, cuts from Red to Mandy. Then cuts back to red, and he's covered, and he's covered in blood, like yeah. caked in layers and layers yeah, like of he, blood. Yeah, he's like red, like red with blood. Yeah, he's soaked through. He's 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 got like stab wounds all over him. Yeah. He's drenched. His shirt's ripped, and he's wearing like the biker's armor. He's soaked in just layers of gore, and he's got this. Ma- and his teeth show through. These pearly whites yeah. show through. With he's got this massive, insane smile looking back. Yeah, it's the Nicolas Cage face. Yeah, and it? you're like, oh, what? It's just there's that moment where people laugh, and sure enough, I did too. But I was like, oh fuck! Like there's that moment where you're like, oh, this is it. Like, yeah, this you know? is where it ends. Yeah, it's just like, oh, he's he's lost the plot. He's insane now. And then yeah. it cuts to outside the car, and sure enough, it's not trees. It's not the American Midwest. It's not the forest. It's a demonic hellscape. Yeah. Where the entire land around him is just a road through jagged, like, rocky mountains, and there's two giant celestial bodies in the sky. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, he cuts back, and he's in that fantasy world that, yeah. like, Mandy was the animated fantasy world that, like, the trip happens. Yeah. Like, he has tr- transcended. Yeah. At this point, I'm pretty sure he's with the LSD bikers right there with them, man. Like, he's yeah. tripping fucking balls. Oh, beyond tripping fucking balls, he is mm. like space cadetting. Speaking of tripping balls, so we find we meet the chemist who's yeah. making this LSD, and Who I told has a tiger just like in a cage. Yeah, he's just got a t- tiger caged out, and he lets it go and just says goodbye. I mean, like to be <laughs> fair, he knew he was gonna bite the dust, so he's like, all right, yeah. But this chemist, so when we meet him, I was telling you about this before the show. Yeah. So I was looking this up afterwards. So he's making LSD, like he's putting these tabs inside the li- like the liquid component LSD, and he submerges this stuff, and he's not wearing gloves. Yeah. So he's making the most potent like acid on the market, and that stuff can actually get absorbed through the skin. So there is no doubt in my mind that immediately after doing that, he was so incredibly high. <laughs> yeah. He was seeing Nicolas Cage melt into the world around him. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Again, it reaches towards the end and everyone's probably high. Yep. There's no doubt about it. I felt like it. I was high once we, yeah, got, past, I was like, oh, once we got past that scene. I was like, oh, there's millipedes around his feet. Yeah, that was very unpleasant. I, I, think, with, I think during that scene is when we kind of get Nicolas Cage, like when we hit red... Um, like seeing beyond almost, and we get yeah. to that almost Lovecraftian idea of seeing into the void. Yeah, he starts doing it like because he looks down, he sees like that swarm of millipedes around the chemist's yeah. feet. The chemist is talking about seeing, like going beyond and seeing what's yeah. there, what's more. Like he, it's like the and the chemist has like that spiritual co- connection with the tiger. Yeah, because he's like, oh. Like if it, if you were here to hurt me, it would be growling. Mm. But then Nick Cage pulls out his axe, and it's like, <laughs> oh shit, time to oh. go now, time to go. So the tiger just leaves and like, see ya, peace, bye. Like a normal house cat, you let it out and it's gone. <laughs> Where'd it go? Let it go, man. You got put out for the night. 
Yeah. It's so weird. It's such a weird scene, but I fucking love it. I love this movie so much yeah, this, now. This movie is just full of insanity. Like, but it's You good. ripped my shirt! You ripped my shirt! He's just stabbing a dude to death. Like, the insanity is what makes this film great. Mm. Like, if you tried to play any of it, like, after the whole burning scene, yep. like, straight, I wouldn't have enjoyed it. No. You, uh, you need it. You it need the works. insanity. You need to build on what you've got. Yeah. And it started off like slow and that steady pacing mm. and then like it slowly builds and then there's just like nothing but mm. flashes and gore and yes. murder and axes i think um i think nicholas like i was thinking about this this morning but i think nicholas cage's character red pro- like def- definitely had a violent history at some point yeah to, to have that other character holding his crossbow and talking about hunting jesus freaks I definitely think he had a violent past. I think he might have been a Vietnam vet. That's my that's my headcanon right now. Yeah. Because he's in his 40s, 50s in this Like, Nicolas Cage is in his 40s or 50s. It's set in 83. It's kind of like the perfect time where it would have been just the right age to have been shipped off. I think he was also... I think he also definitely had alcohol problems. Yeah. Oh, with with the uh, the vodka under the sink, that definitely makes me think yeah, but of, like, it, reformed alcoholic. Yeah, but there's also in the um, chopper where he gets Yeah, he given, turns back the beer. Yeah, he's like, no, yep. I don't want it. Yep. Yeah, he's definitely got alcohol problems. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, yeah, there's a lot of... The, yeah, maybe there might have been a bit of, like, Vietnam vet sort of stuff, mm. which would explain the crossbow and stuff. Yeah. But I I also think, I think Mandy sort of, like, calmed that. Yeah, oh, definitely. And then, like, once she's gone, it's, like... Not, not just force. losing her, but having someone, like, violently kill her in front of him. Like, yeah. Like, straight up just burning her. At that point, it's like, well, fuck it. Pulling out all the stops. Let's do this, baby. Yeah, and he just goes... He just snaps. Yeah. So I can't get over the cheddar goblins. <laughs> that was such a bizarre sequence <laughs> scene. Yeah. I just, what? Why do you need a cheddar goblin? <laughs> Why does this film need a cheddar goblin? Why don't more films have a cheddar goblin? <laughs> you want you want to be putting more stuff? Just the cheddar goblin becomes like a recurring character? Sure. But why not? It would fit. The Panos Cosmatos cinematic universe will have a cheddar goblin in every sequence. Yeah, I just, I get why you need the Cheddar Goblin, but mm. the weirdest part was that it was just credited as Cheddar Goblin before yeah. going into the film, and we were like, the no. fuck is the Cheddar Goblin? Like, we're like, I remember last week, we were like, what the hell is the Cheddar Goblin? Yeah, there was Cheddar Goblin and Fuck Pig. Yeah. If you're looking at Fuck Pig, I think he might have been one of the um, bikers, because he was played by a stunt guy. Uh, Yeah, it could have been one of the bikers. Also, there was a dude just lying on the... Bare, bare ass naked in the in the biker house. <laughs> That's also true. Yeah, I was wondering if it could have been him. Okay. Yeah, that makes um, sense actually. Yeah, I was like, all right, uh, <laughs> weird. <laughs> yeah, but the bikers just took like every vice to the max. Yeah, that was their thing. Yeah, absolutely. Like just pain addicted murder bikers who are just taking massive amounts of LSD and coke. I thought it was like human ash to begin with that he was snorting. <laughs> And that's why I was like, what the fuck, man? And then I was like, oh, wait, it's cocaine? Because, like, cause like, in the colour, it's, it's, like, that bluey colour. Yeah. And so the bikers often... The bikers got that blue colour. Yeah. Um, and so when they, when they like, when it was... It gave, like, all the cocaine that grey tinge. Yep. So I was okay. like, is he, like, snorting human ass? Because that would be, like, what the... What is of... this guy? Yeah, exactly. That's the sort of cooked thing that I would that, expect. Like, he had a pile fair. of it. That's actually fair. Like I, I thought it was like that sort of like metal as you fuck. Were, I was sitting there like, oh man, there's like some serious drugs going on here, and you're like, how fucked up is that? He's not in people. 
Yeah, like that's what I thought. Like he's snorting people, <laughs> but no. To, like the most violent end, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, then like Nicolas Cage just picks up that shard of glass and snorts all the coke off. And, like, yeah, yeah boys, mm, right there with you, man. <laughs> and we're like, yeah. So definitely see this movie because I oh, love yeah. it. If you get a chance, definitely see it. And and I was actually looking online at some of the merchandise for this. You can buy um, Shutter Goblin. You can buy the Shutter Goblin mac and cheese. You can also buy um, a beanie. There's two. There's also the Reds baseball shirt. Yeah. You can buy two kinds of it. You can buy like a replica from the uh, movie, like the same uh, look. Yeah, or the production or, one. Yeah, or the production one where it's got like the production crew, like you know the movie title and also the yeah. uh, producer the, design. The the replica from the film has the. Title it still has back, it still has Mandy on the back, but it looks cool as hell. Yeah. Which you know, like I'm down for like just a Mandy T-shirt. That's yeah, a I'm cool kind as of, hell logo. I'm kind of uh, interested in buying the red baseball shirt. Thing. If, if it if it wasn't for the uh, price of Australian shipping, yeah, I would no. totally I would have already owned it. Yeah, it was it was dope. Y- you can also buy some prints like as like screenshots of the movie, which is yeah. so pretty. The movie the movie is visually amazing. It's gorgeous, and I, it it made me want to see. It's it's made me want to look up um. The, this is the, the director and the writer director's second movie that he's written and directed. Um, his first one's called Beyond the Black Rainbow, and it's very similar with its visual style. They use a lot of the same techniques, and I really want to see it now. Um, yeah. So Panos, I think I think I'm saying that right. Panos Cosmatos. Yeah. Um, but definitely check. De- I, I he's def- I've definitely got my eye on him now. He's done some really cool stuff that I really want to see. I'm I'm really keen to see it. Like. Mm. I remember you were telling me about the other film that he did, and I really want to see it. Yeah, it's one. It, it's it's very trippy as well. Yeah, I'd so. say. I think it's just his style, and it's just it, it. It definitely seems to be his thing, which I'm okay with that. Yeah, I, I, I would love to see more stuff like this. Yeah. Um, granted, in moderation. Yeah, I'm like if if it get, it's one of those ones where like if you get like too trippy, it gets too dull. Yeah. But like this had like the right amount of like. The one thing I like actually liked about this film is mm. it really blended with reality. You weren't sure what the hell was going on, yep. where it was happening, or like whether or not it all actually happened, what yeah. actually happened or not. Yeah. Who knows? He was off his face. <laughs> There's a scene where his face melted. Maybe it just ended there. Maybe taking the LSD actually melted his face and the yeah, rest who of knows? it's a dream. Who knows? Who knows? Who don't know? <laughs> who knows? But then the chainsaw fight would have never happened and uh, I want it. <laughs> Also, I don't know why... I'm going to have a movie night later where we just watch... Let's see. Where we're just going to watch... Where we're just going to watch Mandy take Silver Chainsaw Massacre 2 and Tiger on a beat. That's it. What about, are... what about Phantasm 2? I haven't... I, I, maybe, we could, maybe we could do a five. Let's do a trip... Let's see what a quintuple feature. I mean, considering that was the one... That was the last one that had a axe murder chainsaw duel. Yeah. And then we'll play Resident Evil 7. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then we'll just get two chainsaws and go at it. And like, then we'll, yeah, then we'll just go out and buy two still chainsaws and go and go Let's Mythbusters, can you have a chainsaw fight? <laughs> Who knows? We'll find out. <laughs> we'll find out in person. Or just get metal shards in our eyes. <laughs> well, we're safety goggles. Jesus Carl. <laughs> take it seriously. <laughs> we take safety very seriously in our chainsaw fights. <laughs> Yeah, as you're eviscerating the other person, as like one of our hands comes up, like, oh, well. <laughs> as you saw through the midriff of your friend. Yeah, <laughs> you are like a brother. <laughs> I hate don't you. Try, don't try it, Alex. I've got the higher ground. <laughs> Takes my foot off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess that doesn't work in real life. Well, shit. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. It's like the hedge trimmers are evil. It's like, no, from my point of view, it's the chainsaws who are evil. Oh, God, we don't need more movie ideas on this fucking podcast. It's only going downhill from here. We came up with a unicorn horror movie last week. Now we're making Star Wars with chainsaws. It's Bogan Wars. No, 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 Bogan, no, Bogan Star Wars, where everyone, instead of lightsabers, they all play wizard sticks. And so they just got cans, they just got a bunch of beer cans taped together like each other. Oh, fuck. What do you think? Oh, I think we need to end the episode there. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm gonna go write Bogan Wars now. I don't know. Don't know what you're up to, Carl. But... Right. So, so next week we're going to be taking a bit of a jump from the. Uh, we, we've done the homage. We've done the homage. We've done the psychedelic murder fest. We're going to go with the found. Next week we're doing the found footage type of horror movie. Yeah. So I was looking at a few different kinds of one of these and decided on Creep. Ooh. So that that'll be interesting. I haven't actually seen this one myself yet, so this will be seen fun. It so join us next week for Mike's camera action, where we look at creep on Spooktober.